So we're on, uh, I'm about to say on page 332. We're in Judges chapter 2. <laughs> Judges chapter, you two need to quit. <laughs> it's, it's Sheila and Jamie's fault. Yeah, no, <laughs> hey, don't call me out in front of everyone. It may hurt my feelings. Judges, <laughs> Judges chapter 2. All right, so we spent the last two weeks talking about forgiveness, and um, hopefully, hopefully it, it, it spoke to you. Hopefully it got to you. Um, one thing we need to understand is now we're going to really start seeing God's forgiveness and how it works. And, you know, the, the great thing about God's forgiveness is it doesn't always work the way we think it ought to work. And, um, and that's always wonderful because how we think it ought to work is not right. <laughs> you know, God has got, to, got it figured out how he wants it to work. So if we go to Judges chapter 2 and go, to down, go down to verse 11. So what we're going to speak about is in our winning battle, one thing that we struggle with and, and why God has to forgive us is that a winning battle requires a submissive person. Okay? A winning battle requires a submissive person. Now we know submit and obey. I've preached on it before. Those are nasty words in the 21st century. You know, I'm not obeying. I'm not, I'm not a dog. Nobody's calling you a dog. We're just you're obeying is obeying. Okay? And Israel, in their, God had to pour their, his forgiveness out on Israel because Israel had a problem submitting, and they had a problem obeying. Now, as we go through Judges, we're going to find a lot of that going on. They had a problem submitting, and they had a problem obeying. So let's look at verse 11. Let's take our time and let's read just verse 11 right now. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. With an S on it, plural. Okay? Now let's stop. They did evil. We want to read that all throughout Judges. Okay? I, I, I'm not one of those people that count how many times that's in Judges, but it's in there a lot. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Now, we talked about this before. When you do something in the sight of the Lord, you're doing something in, the, in, in front of the ultimate authority, the only true authority, and the name that God uses. Not only does Lord mean that you have the authority, that he has the authority, but it also means that that's a personal name he applies to himself. That's a personal name he has accepted at, um, for himself. And when we look at this, the sons of Israel did evil inside of the Baals. And now, now, plural, there was more than one God, false God that they chose to serve. Okay? There's multiple ones out there. Same thing we have today. Multiple gods that affect us. Okay? And that attack us. That distract us. Because the same thing that may be attacking Mandy may not affect me. But there may be something else. Okay, so we have to understand these demons are working in a way where they can try to entrap everyone. There's something out there that's going to bait you and it's going to take you off your winning side. Sometimes it's usually your attitude towards things, right? How many of you have ever battled your attitude? Miss <laughs> Liz put up both hands. I'm so glad. Amen. Say amen, Brother Charles. She won't slap you hard. There you go. Okay, but, <laughs> but it's true. And we don't understand that our attitudes can be a God in itself. Wanting things our way, behaving thir certain ways, and so on. So as we continue reading on into verse 12, and then we're going to make a little switch in Scripture. 
So they did the evil. They served these foreign gods. And I look at verse 12 and they forsook the Lord. Now, that's the key here. They forsook. What does it mean to forsake something? Turn completely away. Be no different than if Big Mike said, I'm done with you, D. I'm marrying the next fish I catch. (laughs) Miss D will say, I hope you catch a big one. (laughs) Okay, but, you know, and, you you know, or me turning away from Bonnie or anything like that. They forsook the Lord. So keep in mind, they 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 completely turned away from the authority that God has and God himself. They forsook it. Okay, now. This is the problem, because part of the problem with submitting to God, when we want to pick up another God, when we want to pick up another God, and listen to this carefully, what we're saying is, God, we can't serve you because we want to do this, and you won't let me do this. That's what we're saying. We're telling God, God, I cannot serve you because If I serve you, I can't do this. God, as long as I'm serving you, I can't mouth off at everyone that I want to mouth off at. Right? God, as long as I'm serving you, I cannot slap whoever I want to slap. Right? God, as long as I'm serving you, I can't just pick up and go to any church that I want when my feelings get hurt, gets hurt at one church. Hmm? So that's what we're saying when we forsake him. I need to leave you and I need to find another God that I can serve that will let me do what I want to do. Anybody have anybody confused by that? No. Anybody feel a little pain? (laughs) No, no pain at all. None. (laughs) Okay. Now, look at this. And they forsook the Lord. This is verse 12. The God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and they bowed themselves down to them. Thus, they provoked the Lord to anger. Now. Notice how God takes a moment to remind them of who they're leaving. The one that saved them. You're leaving the one that really saved you. You're leaving the one that really loves you. You're leaving the one that really, really and earnestly wants to be with you for another God that you think will give you what you want. When all along I've been giving you not only everything that you need, but if you line up with me, you'll find out there's the things that you want as well. See, that's our problem, you know. We read the scripture, God will supply all our uh, all our needs according to you know, all our needs. But you see, you have to understand, I've heard people say he'll supply all your needs and some of your wants. But that's not in that scripture. Your needs and everything that you desire should line up with God. And when they line up, with God, how do you get them to line up to God with God? Well, first thing you do is you obey him and you submit to him. Israel said, I'm not doing that anymore. Because we really want to do this. I'm all in my flesh right now. My wife, grandmother used to say, you start smelling yourself. You know, (laughs) you start smelling yourself and you kind of want to go and get a taste of the world. You know, you want to sow your wild oats, right? You know, you want to do that. So 
they left God, and when they left him, what did they do? They made him angry. But now, now hold on. God didn't just get angry for the sake of getting angry. Let's read it again. Let's read the last part of verse 12. Okay, they, and they bowed themselves down to them. Look at that. In other words, they submitted to foreign gods that weren't even gods. What a slap in the face to God. How does that, <laughs> I know, Ms. Anna, that's a, you, you're not willing to bow down to the one true living God, but you bow down to the false ones. So I want you to take your Bible. So take your Bible here, because we're going to talk a little bit about authority here. We're going to talk a little bit about submitting. Take your Bible and go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Go down to verse 3. Romans chapter 13. Page 1686. Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse 3. So let's look at this. Let's look how God is looking at his, 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 his ways. For rulers, this is verse 3, for rulers are not a cause of fear, for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. Now stop. Okay? Do you want to have no fear from authority? Who's afraid of God? I fear God in an awe of respect, but I'm not afraid of God. Right? Okay? That, that reverence, that reverential, as they say, reverential fear, that awe of God, that fears. Yeah, I fear, you know, God shows up. I'm going to bow down because he's God. And that's what he deserves. That's what he wants. And that's what I want to give him. Okay. So who fears God? Those who bow down to him. Those who have respect. But those who are intent on doing evil. They have a reason to be afraid of God. Okay? There's a big difference, right? Let's read verse 3 again. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior. If you're lined up with God and submitting to his word, why do you fear? Why would you tremble when the trump sounds? Why would you tremble at the... We're going to have enough to tremble about when we stand before God because we've all been running our mouths this week, right? I can guarantee you there's been, oh, yeah, you said something. I'm not just saying you. I'm just saying us in general. Okay, don't take it personal. Well, I looked at everybody. You didn't see all that, did you? Okay. See? Guilty. Anyway, <laughs> so we've, I just said something, right? We got to stand before God. I had a friend today that I was talking to, and, he said, made a comment about someone, and I said, you know what? You need to go and look at your Bible. I said, when was the last time you read it? He said, it's been a while. I said, it's evident by your mouth. I told him that. It's evident by your mouth. And he said, yeah, you. Right. 
we run our mouth. And Jesus tells us that we're going to give an account for every careless word we say. If you really, 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 really fear God, you'll take that scripture to heart. Because guess what? At judgment, you're going to give an account for that. Now, look at this. Look what he says. Rulers are not a cause for fear. So in other words, authority, those who are in charge, you shouldn't have to fear them. So we shouldn't have to fear the police officer, right? If you, how many of you have ever passed a police officer sitting on the side of the road, and the first thing you do is you look down at your speedometer to see how fast you're going? You know, John's got his hands up. That's right. Because you knew, and here's why. Here's why you do that. Because you may have very well been going to speed limit at that time, but you habitually don't go to speed limit. And so you had to double check. But when you're driving the speed limit all the time and you see a police officer, you don't think twice about it, do you? You just keep on rolling because you know that you're in line with the law. You know that you're in line with the authority. And nine times out of ten, a police officer is going to leave you alone if you are obeying the law, right? And you have no, no, he has no argument with you, okay? You don't have to go through all the stop resisting stuff if you would just stop resisting, right? Okay, real easy. So let's look. Let's look at it. So for those who are doing good, for those who they 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 have no reason to fear God. Now Israel had a problem. Why? What was their problem? What was their problem? Well, they forsook the forsook God and bowed down to false gods. So there's a reason to fear God because He's mad now, right? Let's look at verse 4 in chapter 13 of Romans. What Israel forgot was this. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, look what it says, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on, one, on the one who practices evil. Now, they were talking about the world system that's set up right now. We're talking about the government and all these other things. Well, God works in the same way. When you're lined up with him, guess what he's going to do? He's going to come and he's going to correct you. He's going to come and he's going to correct you. So now hold Romans chapter 13. Go back to Judges chapter 2. <clears throat> Go back to Judges chapter 2. Now get this. Let's look at the last part of verse 12. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. What was the provoking part? The, the bowing down was when they provoked him. He was upset when, he, when, they, when they left him. But then they provoked him to anger because the same thing they, they were supposed to do for God, they did for another God. Now, that's going to immediately take your winning battle and put it against you, okay? Because we know all of your winning comes through Christ. It comes through God. We know that. And what happened here is when they forsook God, he's like, he's upset. But when they provoked him, that's like bowing down and looking God in the face. And letting him see that you're bowing down to something else. It'd be no different than me bringing another woman in here while my wife's sitting in here. Oh, no, don't shake your head. It ain't happening. Uh -huh. And just start kissing her right in front of my wife. 
Yeah, we know. We know it's not going to happen. We know what's going to happen. Is it going to be bloodshed? There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, shoes, earrings going to come off. All that other stuff's going to happen. And, you know, it's going to be done. We got that. But that's the same thing. That's the same feeling God has. The exact same feeling. And we wonder why he has to forgive us. Okay. Now, we're going right, to get to the point where how God is going to show his forgiveness. But I want you to understand some things. First off, we get in this position because we start rejecting his authority. Because we determine that we want to do some things that we want to do. Same problem happened to Solomon. Okay, Solomon did the same thing. First uh, Kings. First Kings. Uh, hold on. Let me think about it. First Kings. Let's go to. Chapter 11. Let's go to first Kings chapter 11. And let's go to verse five. First Kings chapter 11. Go to verse five. Go to verse four. Four eighty three. For when Solomon, <laughs> for when Solomon was old, his wives. Now keep in mind. Now look, the Bible calls Solomon old, but Solomon died at what age? We'll talk about it later. Okay. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his hearts away f- after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted. Look what it says wholly devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his father had been. Now look at verse five. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Now stop there. Solomon, the same man that asked God for wisdom to lead his people, allowed what to happen? He allowed his wives to change his heart. That's why God didn't want them intermediate because he knew what the foreign gods would do. Now, when this happened, Solomon determined what? I like my wives a little bit better. They're making me feel a way, God, that you ain't making me feel. So they walk away from the authority. Now, go back to Judges. Look at verse 13. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreth. Now, there's a different spelling there versus the one in in 1 Kings. Okay, Ashtoreth is plural, but it's still the goddess of, she is a goddess of love. It's a demon, but it's a goddess of love and fertility who the Ashtoreth are, okay? And they're, they're plural as well, okay? So you have all of these nations that are serving. Now, some, you can look up Ashtoreth, and you'll also find some definitions as him being called the Duke of Hell, okay? Part of the Holy Trinity. The whole point is, not the whole unholy trinity, I'm sorry, the unholy trinity. And there's an unholy trinity just like there's a holy one, okay? Please understand that. Satan always has a fake, y'all. He always has a counterfeit. He will always have a counterfeit. Okay? Just remember that. Um, And so they left and they went to serve what? 
They served Baals, okay, and they went to serve these other gods that were going to allow them to do something that God knew better for them and they shouldn't do. So not only that, it, keep in mind, this goddess of love and fertility is dealing with their own defilement, uh, uh, defilement of their own bodies, okay? So they're going to go and they're going to do things to defile themselves. When you start doing that, you're on the losing battle because God doesn't want you to do that. And so you're not listening to his authority. How many of you ever told your children not to do something? We talked about this before, right? How many of your children have gone and done what you told them not to do? All right. Amen. How many of you were children one time? OK. Yeah, exactly. How many of you ever went out and did exactly what your parents told you not to do? Amen. Exactly. OK. You, reje you rejected the authority. There's not a person in here that shouldn't raise their hands, right? I, there's not one, okay? And, and what happens is you rejected the authority, and then you went out and you did that thing, okay, opposite of the direction of authority, and how many of you paid for it inside your body? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then this is what happens. When you defy the authority and you reject, you immediately get on the losing battle. You immediately switch sides because you've incurred the anger of the authority and you provoked them. Not only did you just do something to make him angry, but you provoked him to anger. You drove him there. Your actions caused you to get him there. So this is what God has done. And so what has happened here is they went and served these other gods. And not only that, they... They did the one thing. God is trying to keep Israel what? Pure. Right? He's trying to keep them pure for what purpose? Because they're his. And on top of that, the redemption of the Gentiles is going to come. And he's got to have what? A pure portion of Israel to bring the Gentiles back into. You see what I'm saying? And so here's what happened here. They went out and they forsook God. God, you're not letting me do what I want to do. I want to go drinking on Saturday night and you ain't let me do it. So I'm going to serve this God because this God will let me do it. But what you, you have, what you have done is you're not going, that God is not God. You've just walked away from what you know to be right. And then you stop submitting. Then you stop submitting. What we read in Romans chapter uh, 13, you stop submitting. You willingly walked away and you said, I'm not going to submit. And then on top of that, I'm not going to do anything you tell me to. And then you wonder why things happen. Well, think about where you are. Think about your life. So they went and they served the Ashtaroth. Now, look at this. Look at verse 14. Here's the key. Another key. Sorry. We have a bunch of keys, but here's one. <laughs> verse 14. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And he gave them into the hands of the plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Israel got comfortable with themselves, and they figured, hey, we're good, we got this, we can branch off, we can do this, and God will be okay with it, and God wasn't okay with it. So guess what? Their winning battle stopped. Like ours does today. It stops, y'all, when we start getting into things that we think. One of the assignments I gave to our Sunday school class for this night, week after next is I want you to write down things that you're doing today that you think are okay. 
I'm not going to say whether they're right or wrong, but you write down that what you're doing, what you think that is okay. That's okay. I want to see what they come back with, because then what we're going to do is we're going to take that list and we're going to go according to scripture and let's find out, is it okay? You see, that's some of the subtle things that happen. Those are some of the things that hinder our winning battle, okay? Now, it doesn't say that God loses. It just tells, it it helps you understand why you struggle when you should be, you're going to struggle, but you shouldn't be struggling with what you're struggling with. Your struggle should be what? What should our struggle as Christians be? What should we struggle with? To serve God more, but also to do what? Stay separate from the world, but also to go out and present the gospel. Now, we find that hard to do, a lot of us. We get, we're afraid to talk to people, right? Huh? One thing that God promised us boldness to do is the very thing that we've been fooled ourselves, we're fooling ourselves into believing we can't do. Huh? Somebody, anybody, anybody out there want to tell me I'm wrong, please do so. But that's one of the struggles. How many of you struggle with presenting the gospel to people and just walking up to them? You do. But let the hurricane come. We can talk about that, can't we? We can talk about the hurricane coming. We can talk about the problems with the government. We can talk about all, and we're going to go back on that government thing because we're going to make sure we're going to, I preached this before, but it's time again, we're going to make sure we watch our tongues concerning the government. Because we, when we do that, we're, we're, we're digging our own graves again. Okay? So now. Y'all okay? Everybody okay? All right, we're good? All right. Okay. I want to make sure I'm not. Yeah, all right, we're sympathetic. Thank you, Miss Lynn. <laughs> we're sympathetic. Okay, so he gave them over to the hands, and, and so they could no longer stand before the enemies. Now look at verse 15. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. Not saying the Lord is evil, but evil came upon them because what? They turned away from God, and they didn't respect the authority. It's no different than a fugitive running from the law. He's not going to find favor anywhere because he's a fugitive running from the law correct so you run you looking for someone to hide you they find out you're a criminal they put you out on your ear you're running some more right whether you're guilty or not it's irrelevant if you're a fugitive if the law wants you and you're not submitting and going to them once again go back let the courts figure it out. You quit trying to figure it out on your own. You know, and that makes for a good movie, you know, like The Fugitive, Harrison Ford, 1993. Great movie, wasn't it? And he wasn't guilty. It kept us suspenseful, but, you know, he probably, and he went, and they, they did their thing, and they convicted him, and he was going to jail and all this other stuff. But then he set out to prove himself, and he found himself running from the law. Even though he was right, he was still running from the law. And guess what they did? Tommy Lee Jones didn't back off of him, did he? Didn't back off of him. That was a good movie. That was his job. And his job was to enforce the law. So now look at this. So wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was with them. As the Lord had spoken, look at the rest of this. As the Lord had spoken in verse 15, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so they were severely distressed. Now, they put themselves in this this Pandora's box. They put themselves in this conundrum. They got themselves going in this little vicious cycle, right? 
And then they get upset because they're there. They're distressed. Now, we're going to see God's forgiveness. Everything we've been talking about. Look at the next verse. Then the Lord raised up judges or a deliverer in this day, and he delivered them. He raised up. You see, how did God do this? God, you know, in the past when they went against them, God, Israel would come back and they'd fight and they'd do their things. And, and they're going to do it here in Judges, too. But this time God said, you know what? Because Joshua was a deliverer. I mean, was a judge, wasn't he? He delivered them. He taught them to fight. He taught them to do what they do. And he led them in battle. God's forgiveness comes about differently than how you think it comes. Now, his grace and everything and his forgiveness from our sins through Jesus Christ, I understand that. But when he's forgiven you, you're his. You belong to him. You've strayed. He's bringing you back. He will forgive you in a way that he's going to forgive you. He's not going to forgive you the way you want him to forgive you. He's going to forgive you in a way that's going to correct you. You see what I'm saying? It's going to correct you. And guess what the judge was doing? The judge came in to correct him. Guess what the first thing that you got a judge. You have a deliverer who is also the authority. He's got to get Israel used to again getting back under the authority of God. That's what these judges did. Some of them did it better than others because some of the judges, they were really out there. We know Samson was really messed up, wasn't he? Okay, when we start talking about him, Samson, Samson was, yeah, he's all, you know, we, yay. And he did do a good work for God. But Samson, he loved him some women. Especially, they got him in trouble, didn't he? Got his hair cut off. Now look at this. He raised up judges. Now get this, he raised them up. He, he brought people in for the intention of doing a couple of things, teaching them how to come back to God teaching them how to obey authority, and teaching them also that God is the only true God, and you're going to have to serve him, okay? Now, I want you to go back to Romans chapter 13. Go back to Romans chapter 13. Look at verse 4 again. We're talking about the authority, the authority for it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for if it does not bear the sword, for, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who uh, avenger who brings wrath on those on the ones who practices evil. Now, look at verse five. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscious sake. Okay, what does conscious sake mean? When you talk about conscious sake, what does that mean? It is necessary for conscious sake. To be in terms, because it's the right thing to do. Let's just keep it simple. Because it's the right thing to do, not only be, don't do it just because you know you're going to get your head slapped, okay? We watched that movie. That was a good movie. We watched Captain. Anybody watch Captain Courageous the other night on TCM? It's a good movie. Good old movie, fisherman movie. And this little spoiled brat kid got. He, no, I want this part of the sermon. Okay. He got knocked. He fell off this boat, right? And this fisher, this um, fisherman boat picked him up. 
and the kid was just being rebellious and all this other stuff. He wouldn't do anything that they told him to, and he was saying, take me to New York to my father, being a little spoiled brat. And the, the captain finally just got to the point where he got hurt enough. So he was getting ready to go down in the bottom of the boat, and the, the kid kept running his mouth, and the captain just said, well, there's nothing else left to do. He came back up on the boat. The kid was running his mouth at his other guy, and that captain reached back and whap, he slapped him right in, and the, guy, the kid fell over some dead fish. And <laughs> the kid said, you hit me. He corrected him, but it calmed the kid down. The correction came, and it calmed the kid down. Now, look at this. Look at verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but for also for conscience' sake. It is necessary to obey God. It is necessary to submit to the, to the authority, not because of wrath, but because it's the right thing to do, and it continues, it can, continues you on your winning battle path. Okay? So you need to look. Here, when you want to be miserable and mad at someone or something like that, you need to look at the word of God and say, you know what, I got to get back. I'm not lined up. You got to hear what the word of God is saying. See, what we tend to do is we tend to go dig in the Bible and find out justification for being mad. Right? Well, does the Bible say I can do this? Instead of finding out what we can get out of, let's find out what we can get into, which is the word of God. It's a lot easier and a lot less stressful. Now, look at verse 6. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, custom. Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Submission. Submission is a big deal. If you're not willing to submit right now, if you can't, if you find yourself resisting someone right now resisting an authority whether it's your boss whether it's a police officer whether it's a court whether it's anyone who's in authority understand you're resisting and you're rebelling against God and you won't win you're rebelling against God how do we know that well go back to verse 3 again okay excuse me go back to verse 2 in chapter 13 Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of who? And they have and they who have opposed will receive what? Condemnation upon themselves. It's an open. It's it's so now go back to Judges chapter two. What did they do? They resisted God. And they condemned themselves. So the response from God was completely appropriate. Completely appropriate because of what they've done, right? Completely. And they lost, and they lost, and they lost. They were plundered. They were all these things happened to them. They were beat down. They were beat down into distress, to the point where they couldn't even function anymore. Then God did the miraculous thing. He sent a judge in. He said, "Teach them how to be mine again. Teach them how to be mine again." But look at what they did in verse 16. He sent the judge, yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed, down to them, bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly. They didn't think about it. They just did it. They turned, they turned aside quickly. <laughs> and look at this. Quickly from the way 
in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. When the judge raised up, I mean, when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand. As long as the judge presided, Israel succeeded. The Lord was moved to pity. See, that's the compassion of our God. Man, you guys are suffering. So to show you I forgive you, I'm going to send you someone that's in authority. Listen to him. Obey what I'm instructing him to do. That's the, that's the forgiveness of God. He sends you the instruction. See, we, we want forgiveness, and we want, we want forgiveness, and then, okay, you forgave me, so I can keep doing it, right? No, you can't keep doing it. I'm giving, you, I'm, I'm giving you forgiveness because I want you back with me, but you can't be with me in the state that you're in. Don't you get it? You can't be with me in the state that you're in. So come back. Listen to the judge. Listen to the police officer. Listen, listen to your boss. Well, my boss, he's got this problem, that problem. He don't know what he's doing. He don't know what he's talking about. Okay. Is it illegal? That he's asking you to do something? Is it immoral? Is it going to get you hurt? No. Then be quiet and do it. Nobody's asking you if you agree. There's plenty. Israel didn't agree with God. They thought they ought to be able to go and sleep around with all these other people. But God didn't change his ways. Ooh, that got hot. God didn't change his ways. Sorry, I pushed it up to my mouth. My apologies. Everybody's listening. Turn it down if I do that again. Okay? And then guess what you got to do? God's commandment is love. Love. You got to love through it. You want to stay in that winning side. So we're going to stop there for a moment. Because next week, Israel's going to have another problem. And it's going to be a different problem other than submitting to authority. You have the problem. Whether if you're if you're completely submissive to your to authority, okay, then here's what'll happen. If you ever get pulled over and get a ticket for speeding, you'll say thank you. You'll say thank you. Thank you, Mr. Police Officer, for correcting me. I was wrong. That police officer gave me a ticket, and there was fifty other cars in front of me that were going just as fast as I was. Yeah. Maybe they're all lost and they don't know Jesus Christ, but God knows you know Jesus. Huh? You can't catch them all. That's right. Remember that about the fish. You can't catch them all. Leave some for somebody else. He's trying. But you see what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe God is saying, hey, I know, but, you know, you're speeding, and guess what? You got five lug nuts loose on your tire that are about to fall off. Maybe I'm stopping you now so you can go do something. You know, man, he's trying to get your attention. I understand that. But you need to thank him because you got out of line with the law. You got out of line with the authority. So the next time God knocks you on your backside, thank you, Lord. Praise God. I got knocked. On. We always in here praising him because he healed this and he, he provided this and he, he, he did that. I want to see somebody come in the office and say, praise God, he knocked me upside my head this week. I was acting like a complete moron, and God fixed me up. 
I want to hear that. Why are we not praising him for that? Anyone care to answer? Well, Brother David, you call me a moron. I'm not a moron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who wants to admit they're a moron? But I praise God. God, thank you for fixing me. Thank you for correcting that. That's a praise report, too. We'll shout from the rooftop, rooftop when he saves us from cancer, won't we? But when he saves us from ourselves, oh, shh, don't let nobody know you did that. Please. My goodness, I, I tell up, I stand up here, I air my dirty laundry every week. Y'all look at me like I've got eight eyeballs on my head. You did that, Brother David? You know, we, we take his picture down. He's crazy, you know? Yeah. Okay, we're going to stop there.